Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I've definitely got a cold coming. I've definitely got a cold coming. Let's get this uh, recorded, shall we? Hello, welcome back to Falling Forward with Dan Lassac, episode 22, I think? I'm going to record myself saying episode 23 as well, but it's 22. It's definitely 22. Um, That number keeps going up, though, incrementally by one each time I record an intro, because that's how numbers work, basically. That's how numbers work. Um... But how are you this fine day? I hope I hope you're warm enough. It's turned a little cold. Yes, I'm talking about the weather. You know, awkward small talk is what intros are all about. This week, I'm joined by Beat Smith, podcaster, all-round talented human being, Buddy Peace. Um, he's just launched his own podcast, Buddy's Buddies. And uh, I just thought it would be a really good time to sit down and chat with him about the work he's done with people like B. Dolan, Sage Francis, Buck65, Prolific, etc. as a producer. But also what it's like to make the transition over to less musical work in the podcast sphere, if that's a thing. It actually turned out to be quite a bit deeper natter into the responsibilities a host of a podcast has. Um, So obviously we do touch on some issues like race and whether it's the host's responsibility to challenge people with, let's face it, bad ideas. Um, So yeah, I hope you enjoy that. Before, though, before we get into that, um, I've set up a little thing for just you people who listen to the podcast. Uh, podcasts, as Adam Buxton would call you. Basically, instead of my usual plugging of my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash danlasack, or my Bandcamp, danlasack.bandcamp.com, or asking you to subscribe to the podcast and review it, uh, instead, if you go to danisgreat.co.uk, you'll get taken to my merch page where you can buy t-shirts and stuff and things and doodars and knickknacks but for you pod people uh if you use the code dan is great at checkout as well you'll get 20 percent off so there because i'm nice and stuff and uh i want to buy cool shit like all that food and electricity the kids keep talking about see how i also subtly actually plugged all the things i normally plug in there as well It was really subtle. I I don't even think you noticed it. But anyway, now that's out of the way, let's get on with my chat down in Margate with the delightful Buddy Peace. Enjoy. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I made all the, it's like a fortress of earwax and I made the fortress come down and it's, it's formed a airtight seal. <laughs> I hit record on fortress of earwax. <laughs> Beautiful. Are you, are you good with that? That's that, a start point. Does that make you happy? I'm a seasoned podcaster, Dan, I know where to give you those edit points yeah this is awkward you can't see this listeners but we're we're trying to we put the recorder on a little stand so it looks like a like like a bug it actually (laughs) looks a bit like a atat from uh star wars it's yeah there's a lot of that it's got some analytic qualities to it but now i can't see the screen so i don't know where the battery is but I've I've brought it down to earth because we've got two cups of tea. I've got my washing dryer behind you. Oh yeah, pot yeah. Plant. Yeah, so it's a very it's like a futuristic domestic paradise. So I feel I feel like it's quiet. It should have just got a bit louder, listeners. Let's have a look. I don't know. Do you know? I think this is no. me. Yeah, I I um, feel like I, oh god, I can't see myself. You can't see yourself. No, actually, can wait. You? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bold step. Oh All right. god, he picked up the mic. That's, yeah, I think we're good. I think you've done yeah. it perfectly. Dan, you've been recording music for about, let's say, 20 years. I'm not going to start trying to correct you or... I, d- I don't <laughs> use microphones very much. I guess not. Very much at all. Like, Pip's vocals were usually recorded elsewhere. Either he'd... Uh, I think one album he did in this lad Yiller's house. Yeah, that. In his shed. Yes. Uh, one album we did most of it, I don't know, I don't actually know where we did Logic of Chance, I wasn't involved. But you, you've, didn't you sing on some of it every now and again, or was that more on stage? Uh, no, I sung, I sung, most albums have some of me singing somewhere in there. 
It's detectable. I've actually got an all right vocal mic and stuff. A Neumann. I've got a Neumann. Ah, I, see, I know the name. I've never seen. Yeah. Never been in the same room as one. It's like bottom of the range Neumann, but it's a Neumann nonetheless. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and uh, I had a reflection filter, which uh, is now in your bedroom. Thanks, man. Because that's going to Pip. You can't keep that. Oh. That big, big box I just gave not... you to give to Pip. Okay. That's not I payment. That was a, a gift. <laughs> a gift. That and an NPC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. I, I pay all my guests NPCs. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that's why you're... Yeah, I just give them all full production suites. <laughs> it, it's why I've got such think, good quality think guests. I need to rethink your uh, gift policy there. All right. Thanks, guys. That's the end of today's uh, podcast. I hope you enjoyed Buddy Peace. This is Buddy Peace, by the way, <laughs> if you didn't know. Oh, hi. <laughs> you can yeah. introduce yourself if you want a better uh, intro than this oh, is. Oh, God. No way. Hell no. Because um, when I speak about, if, if I speak about myself, I've got, as with anyone I talk about, I've got a version of them or me on my shoulder saying, like, that, that's, that's bullshit. Why? No, 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 no. That's not what you do. That, like, that's not how I'd say it. But and, the bullshit's how you get there. Like, the bullshit's important. You need the bullshit to. Uh, you know, you think that's what the world is, isn't it? That's what Facebook <laughs> and stuff is. Look at my life. Look at my amazing dinner I had. Yeah, yeah. You, you show them the dinner, but you never show the fact that you turned it into poop. Yeah, I guess. But then I, I get very self-conscious about. It's like I, I can spend all day making the dinner. But then when it comes to presenting it, then I'm just like, ah, it's whatever, just, uh, just threw some yeah. stuff together. When it comes to it turning it into poop, I put in no effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's all. I don't do any work. presentation on my poops. Nah. Just flush them straight away. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we're in poop talk. <laughs> <laughs> Only it's, it's actually took us a while. I usually get there quicker. Oh, damn. I usually what get there the, a lot the quicker. I don't know, the earwax we started <laughs> okay. with. That that threw me off, yeah. you know. Yeah, we hit earwax on, on the ground floor running. So, Buddy Peace. Uh, Buddy Peace. Music producer, scratchy man, uh, yeah. drum thumbs, um, <laughs> yeah. podcast editor. Uh, Don't tap on the table, the mic's oh, on that. I was doing drum thumbs. Oh, the, ruined, ruined, <laughs> rewind. Where were we? Yeah, podcast editor. Yeah. You edit podcasts for people. Yes. Now podcaster yourself. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing because <clears throat> the amount of... I always say this, but it's true. Like, the amount of time I've spent listening to podcasts, it's a skill presenting it and, and actually being a guest on one, which I am now. They're, they're two things that you listen to podcasts all the time. And it sounds like, ah, oh, it's a piece of piss. You just talk and then you have a conversation. But what I realise now, actually being on the other end of the microphone, which I also had to get past in presenting it, mm. that's it's a skill that you have to just get good at on your own time or like in, in real time sort of thing. So I, I couldn't, like, I can't sort of inherit the skill of all the podcasters and guests on episodes I've listened to. I can't just absorb that and become good. Like I have to get good yeah. in real time in front of people, in front of the, the guest or like, or you now. So this is all like a, a process. So that 
instead of us just having a chat, I'm very aware of what I'm saying. I'm very aware of pauses. I'm very aware of my habit of saying like and sort of. Oh, God, like. I have to edit out 30 likes yeah. an episode oh easily. Oh, my God, we do. I have to always like. <laughs> um, and um, it's weird. It's it's a weird thing. It's, ah. it's not a weird thing, what I'm about to say, <laughs> but it's just a, a thing that's in my, my speech pattern now. Those verbal tics, but they're tics that you fall on when you're in... It's like in a pressure situation. Not that this is pressure, but like if you're if you're being recorded, you feel like it's kind of like, oh, this, this has to be... It's, a, it's a brain spacer. Yeah. You, it's a thing you say as your brain's still formulating the thought you're about to say. I think of it as... Uh, the like thing I think of is a, a thumb in the needing of a an idea. The idea being the the, the dough of the, the idea. Dough. Yeah. So yeah. the like is um, sort of sort of. It's like I don't know. It's not that I do. Fuck, I just did it. That's perfect. That's textbook. Like I don't know. It's like sort of. I don't know. Not <laughs> and I sort of say it's not this. It's not that. So I'm I'm kneading and I'm pressing and I'm squeezing the idea together and then I don't know where the oven is or it doesn't even get baked into a piece of bread or whatever but yeah it's a it's a very you can just get in your own head about it forever mm. and it's hard to find the the lock out or like the, the door out of that self-conscious room in your head you want <laughs> it comes with practice obviously like everything you get better at it with with time but it's also accepting the idea that it it's fine to say like every now and again and use that as a spacer or um yeah. or it's conversation especially with podcasts you you are trying to have a conversation and yeah the from a listener's point of view what do you want to listen to do you want to listen to two people with documentary voices talking about <laughs> margate you know or do yeah, you want to hear two people who i suppose sound like you sound like yeah a normal person having a conversation, asking the questions a typical person would ask. I suppose some of the self-conscious part comes with, like, you, you could listen to a podcast and think, oh, well, why am I listening to two dudes talk? I could listen, to, I could just have a conversation or I could be, I could go out anywhere and just hear people talk. But I suppose the podcast is the the sort of, the start and end of a capsule of, of um, two people getting to something, or mm. I, I always because I always try and sort of like suck the wisdom out, or like suck the the lessons, or the sort of uh, like in. I mean, I suppose like that's why I listen to podcasts so much. Is that there's always something I try and get from it. It's, mm. it's almost like a form of I don't know. I suppose like sometimes. In in the most extreme forms, I almost think of it as a parent. It's like this is I'm listening to two people talking. This is on like the WTF podcast. I used to get this a lot. There'd be two people talking, and then somebody would say something, and I'd really relate to it. And then I'd suddenly, from then on, be sort of, oh, what else have you got to say? Interesting. How can I apply this to my life? And then I'd I'd just really just try and just like claw at any sort of little pearls of wisdom and just stash them away, and then mm. almost like form my personality but that's something the thing is that is what conversation between two people is yeah and you the amount of your ideas the amount of things you hold to be true about yourself come up through those conversations you'll be talking to someone about religion and you'll come to like a self-evident truth in your own brain about it yeah maybe if you hadn't had that conversation you wouldn't have 
But that yeah. also yeah. goes for listening to conversations. I use this with like Joe Rogan in mind because I'm yeah. I'm not really a fan of Joe Rogan. I'm not really a fan of how how far right his platforming goes. It can, yeah, it can go pretty. But swing over to the right. Yeah. Even if I disagree with the two people talking, mm. it's still helping me to formulate ideas about what I believe the world is and what yeah. I believe the world should be. Definitely. And I think with his podcast in particular, it, it gets me out of my echo chamber bubble as well because, it, I don't know, it's weird. I remember... <laughs> I don't know, it's weird. Um, <laughs> like when, when I've, I remember I first listened to that guy, Jordan Peterson, on his podcast. And then yeah, I yeah. heard one of them and, I, and this was before I knew anything about the dude. And I just thought, oh, this guy's like a... He's got kind of a funny voice. He sounds really Canadian. That's, I don't know. Uh, Seems all right, but then after that, like I, I realized all of the there's so much bad stuff about him out there, and like so many people just having a go at him. And I, it's weird because I don't know exactly where I stand on it because I, I, I don't often hear explicit bad stuff, but I think it's this yeah. sort of the culture around it all, and it's often framed as that alt right dog whistle type stuff. That that's the thing with with someone like Jordan B. Peterson. Um, there is, if he was just honest, clean your bloody room, <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> but if he was just honest, he would be fine. But it's when mm. he does, like when he was, he came to light for like uh, appealing against a law in Canada that that meant the the deliberate and repeated misgendering of someone would be is like a. Like the M word, essentially mm. putting it in the same ballpark as that, and yeah, he yeah. fought against that. But the way in which he fought against that was not factual, was not based uh. in what the actual law did. So there was a lot of manipulation, and it's that. It's my frustration with all, all these kind of internet figures yeah. is that if they're being honest, then and making a bunch of money. Mm. I'm fine with it. Which he does. Which he does. I mean, I'm not done about the honest part, but yeah. But it's when, when they're being dishonest, when they're manipulating what's actually going on, it becomes a mess. Like, on paper, like, his book, his book is very badly written. I've, re- I've read 12 Rules for Life just so I can argue with internet charts. Yeah, that's a good thing to do, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, his book is very badly written. It's very thinly veiled religious propaganda. He wants you to be a Christian. He just doesn't uh, want to ever say oh, that. Interesting. But at the same time, like, the chapter titles are really good advice. Get yeah. up and clean your room. That is actually really good advice. Like, Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. That's why I get a, a funny view of him. Because on one hand, I'm like, well, I mean, what you're saying... It, for the most part, is not objectionable, but then yeah, it's the other shit that comes from it, and and often like that, I, I feel like I'm I'm quite easily swayed. So like with um, it's almost like the Brexit thing. Like when the Brexit stuff started coming out, or like we, I think at the time, uh, me and I like the first Brexit album more than th- this third yeah, one. I don't know, man. It's, it's got bad. some. It's got some. <laughs> First, some of the sneak previews on that <laughs> SoundCloud. I don't know, um, but yeah, when there was first word of Brexit happening, I was at that time I was living in Laos and I had no idea, and then suddenly it was becoming a thing. Mm. And then um, I started seeing the people who I like and listen to, and people I follow were 
sort of railing against it and it's like, oh, okay, I, I feel like Brexit isn't the way that I want to go because if, if this mm. many people who I like and respect and listen to are not into it, then it's there's something wrong with this. And um, as much as I don't want to be gullible or sort of easily swayed, like I feel that like that's a fairly good barometer if I don't know about yeah. something. And I think this is what happened with Jordan Peterson. So there, there were so many people who were sort of having a go at him and, and sort of speaking out against him. I was like, oh, maybe this guy isn't so great for me. I still listen to the, those podcasts, though. Just, I, I don't know. It's I'm sort of looking for those... As well as the nuggets of wisdom, which I'm not sure how many I get from those podcasts, but I'm looking for the nuggets of kind of uh, heat, those little hot yeah. coals. That well, the, the thing up. about like a podcast like Joe Rogan's is it, it, you, when he has someone like Stefan Molyneux on, like that. Who's that? I don't think I listened to that. Stefan Molyneux. He's like a race realist. He's he is definitely a white supremacist. And, like, if you're going to have that guy on, I think it's your responsibility as the host to know what you're talking about and be Mm. able to challenge that person's views. Like, if you're going to platform somebody's views, like, maybe the defense of that is you providing that counterpoint and leaving it up to the audience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I suppose... It's sort of in the in the challenging. I mean, maybe there's some points where if if challenged, that changes the entire energy of the conversation. So yeah. maybe if somebody's like, oh, "I'm being challenged," shutters go up. This is now it's a different conversation. So maybe the skills of Joe Rogan as an interviewer are to yeah. sort of uh, just keep it going, and then not that he's trying to do this, but you know, eventually maybe the, the guest will hang themselves by their own rope to use a yeah there's, there's definitely um, you know so he's platformed someone who generally believes that white people are a superior species mm. and he's had that guy on multiple times yeah, and not rough. challenged that view but what um, but what you were saying yes like giving people enough rope to hang themselves I, mean, um, I wish I could think of a better way of no, saying it, that. It, it makes a perfect... It's like, quite a brutal phrase, but... Yeah. But, like, the hanging of yourself happens in the public eye. And if the general public aren't critical of those ideas in the first place, if those ideas are becoming normalised and that goes yeah. unchallenged, there's going to be people who hear that and go, mm. well, I heard it on Joe Rogan podcast. It must yeah. be true. Yeah, and also, like, if you're, if you're hearing it on, um, on a, an official from an official source and it's you know it's got a logo it's got production values it's a it's a hugely listened to thing it's a really yeah, it's a really interesting point that we've uh um this independent media we yeah. could say anything we like yeah. right now and we have the same standards as the joe rogan show yeah like we are held to the same account- level of accountability which is none you know yeah yeah we is a really interesting thing because um Maybe not so much Joe Rogan, but if you take some of the more, even even more kind of right-wing shills. I don't think Joe Rogan's a right-wing shill, but I think he's just someone who thinks very deeply about free speech, but not deeply enough about what people are saying. Yeah. Um, but, like, you've got the Dave Rubin 
The Ruben Report, which is a YouTube. Yeah, I know the name. I haven't listened yeah. to it. Tra- seen just it. trash, like okay. funded by the Koch brothers, petroleum money, oh. and uh, yeah, like that looks like real TV. You know, it's, yeah. it's shot in a nice studio, and there's, you know, oh, uh, like the Sam, is it Sam Harris? No, who's the other guy? Uh, it's one of the, one of these cabal of. There's so many. Sort of, Sa- yeah, what you Sam call Harris right? is the one who used to be, like, an atheist, but now he's just an Islamophobe. <laughs> like like Richard uh, like Dawkins. Yeah. Like Dawkins used to be an atheist, whereas now he's like, oh, Muslims hate him. Oh God! I, I've got so this, I've messy. got the little thing on my shoulder saying like, I don't care for what you say, buddy, because you might get this completely wrong. And like, yeah, I don't caveat it. See, yeah. I, I might. I'm I'm not hundred percent on this, but <laughs> you know. But here comes the brutal, honest thought I'm having. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. It goes deep, but then I guess it 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 sort of it, it provides that friction to sort of the helps you sand down your thoughts in a way like it uh if you listen to these people if if you disagree with something it's like oh oh that's weird it's give me a bit of uh i'm feeling a bit hot like i'm feeling a bit angry now and like why why am i feeling all tense so yeah it's not a bad thing to have like at least you're not just listening to something like you know it could just be some dull podcast where like there's no it's completely middle of the road there's no views there's no sharp edges it's just mm. a, you're just listening to something just to pass the time I mean at least these things kind of give you a bit of a workout in your kind of conscience and muscles maybe, and things maybe that's why those things are attractive to people and that's I think maybe that's why we are generally going off kind of the BBC because there is no hard edges to that you mm. know it is like a casserole of I the casserole of ideas, you know. <laughs> Whereas I think we want some spice to it. We want some yeah. flaws. We want the barbecue of ideas. The barbecue of ideas. <laughs> That's a really cool way of putting it. And it, but it's true. It, yeah, because it, it's basically unfiltered, and the only filter is the the person who is asking the questions or answering them, I suppose. But yeah, it's not. Um, the accountability thing is, I mean, you're just accountable to yourself. And mm. I don't know, like, do you get self-conscious with your podcast? Like, do you sort of, how, how, what's the general sense when you walk away from them? Are you kind of like, yeah, that was, that was a good chat. I got everything I wanted out of that. Or? Uh, like the, the, the slower ones, the ones where they, the more emotional ones, I usually come away thinking they're shit until I put them out. And yeah. then people are like, oh, really helped. It meant a lot. And yeah, like, yeah. okay. But just because they're conversations that, like, they're personal. Yeah. And I feel rude sharing them. You mean emotional from who's... From either angle? side. Right. Because right. I'm very open, so, yeah. you know. But, yeah, sometimes it, it feels like, not that I profit from the podcast, but I don't want to profit from somebody else's pain as such like no. like the Stoya one I did um there was a couple of moments where I could have asked questions that related to things that had happened in her life mm-hmm. but would have been um painful yeah but at the same time like from a horrible perspective would have been like 
ways to sell the podcast. This would have got clicks. And it was, I made the choice in the moment that that's not where the conversation needed to go. It's a tricky decision to make though, because I I know like in the podcast I listen to, um, I mean, there's one called Mental Illness Happy Hour, which Mm. is, if you recommend that to people, then immediately I have to, you know, that caveat thing, I have to say, look, it's not what you think. I'm not saying you're crazy, but like, and there's so many really, really like uncomfortably intimate conversations on Mm. there. But I mean, that's what it's all about. And it's like, they really do help. I think those conversations really help people because I guess this is back to podcasting in general, like the the more chatty ones and the ones that go into mental health, it's that feeling of like, ah, okay. Like I'm, I'm, I tell myself I'm fucked up all the time and and other people say like, come on, cheer up or whatever, if it's a depression issue or something. But then if you hear that other people have got this and like, especially other successful people, and they suffer with depression or whatever, then it's kind of like, oh, okay, so you can be a millionaire successful person and still suffer from depression. Interesting. Because mm. that, that never came up when I was younger. Like, maybe <laughs> there was a couple of, like, perhaps someone like Ruby Wax, I suppose, might have hinted at it. But, um, or, or spoken about it explicitly, I, I can't remember. But, yeah, it's like that sort of, I think that's something that we're kind of all coming to terms with in a way. It was like... Uh, any it can hit anyone but we're we're now realizing because that information we're we're just getting used to speaking openly about it and that's taken quite a long time to happen Mm, mm. and it's amazing that it has and it is happening Uh, but i I think yeah it's it's still sometimes it can still sit about uncomfortably because it's like oh i'm not used to this being like this feels really like vulnerable and um i think part of it's being british as well. Yeah. I think we have the double layer of, like, especially as boys, we've been told, like, you don't cry, you don't express emotion, etc. Yeah. And then we get the uh, British stiff upper lip layered on top of that. Yeah. So it takes, yeah. it takes a lot to, to break past that. And it is really important to push past. Yeah. And be open and honest. The problem is, is sometimes because of the... Um, gamification of like social media mm. like you score points yeah of course. and mm. it feels i don't know like like me feeling bad about exploiting someone's pain on my podcast <laughs> yeah even though i'm not but you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. that same thing i don't want to if i go onto twitter to say look guys i'm having a really bad time at the moment duh, 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 duh. Mm. and then i get all that feedback of yeah, you're doing great, Dad. We love you. And getting the clicks, and I'm getting the points yeah, on, on yeah, the likes yeah, yeah. and the retweets. Then that feels bad. That feels like yeah, bait. Yeah, I suppose it depends on what you expect out of it. Like if you, if really all you want is somebody to reach out and say, "Look, Dan, here's a way where you can get out of this. This, or here's here's a solution to the problem you're experiencing. Mm. I'm a professional. Here's what you need to do." Which is, I think that's where if if I was going to reach out, I think that's probably what I would be looking for. Is like yeah. I, I just I just want to I just want an answer. Like I just want a hand. Like in this situation, like what the fuck's going on? Instead of people saying like, "Oh, I got your back, man. Keep your head up." Like everything's which is cool. I mean, I, I don't know. You can't sort of choose how people help you, or you know, like some people are just genuinely being nice, and that's amazing. Mm. But like I suppose. Yeah, it, it depends. If if you get comfort from the likes, and that's cool. But and the and the sort of little kind of 
oh you're, you're doing great keep keep on going but yeah if, if you're looking for a much a, a bigger leap of help or like a, a much sort of more like if you're looking for that kind of here's what you do I guess that comes from another source or like yeah. that. that's not going to be from a reply on Twitter or Instagram how you doing just trying to uh, look at the uh, <laughs> the time situation uh-huh. but it's too reflective okay just let me have a look so this the, I think you've got the brightness all the way down. Maybe, maybe I have. Yeah, you definitely it's very do. dark. I can barely see it. It's very dark. It can't. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Okay, we're doing going. Twenty-eight, great including stuff you're gonna cut out. Really? 15. I'm not gonna cut anything out. This has been gold so far. I, I don't feel like uh, there's anything I need to edit out. Even that of us trying to look at the, oh, the screen on the record. It's Gonzo. Gonzo recording. You know the porn where you see inside the anus? No idea what you're that's, talking about. That's how I treat podcasting. We can, you can explain it to me. I have no idea. I'm going to edit in you just saying yes, <laughs> but like sounding really, really... Yeah. I might pitch it down a little. So yes. <clears throat> like, but, but stretch it as well. So yes. It'll be good. Cool. But we've gone, Thanks, man. We've gone a good 20-odd minutes without saying the name of your podcast, which is where this <laughs> conversation started. Well, it's in the context of podcasts, and that, I suppose, gives a, it, lays, it lays the table for... <laughs> but for everyone's left. Yeah. Everyone's already gone. They're like, Jesus, these guys are boring. <laughs> out, all what are right, they talking mental about? Mental health. Uh, yeah, oh, no, again. The buzz, buzz topics, yeah. Brexit. Fucking hell, we've got my podcast is called Buddies Buddies because I'm called Buddy Peace. Not I'm not called Buddy Peace. I call myself Buddy Peace, and I thought it would be nice to have a friendly, kind of jolly title to it. But are the people actually your buddies? Some some of them. Are any of them going to invite you to a wedding? <sighs> what is the level of buddy? Like friend. Friend means you, you'll probably get invited to the wedding or at least something like the do after the wedding at least. Yeah, it's not buddies friends. But I'm not I'm not saying they're not my friends, but I think buddy is like hey buddy, like So like can... but buddy is that you might get invited to a birthday party at some point. Maybe. Like their birthday party out at a Witherspoons, but not their kids' birthday party. Oh, like a, yeah. Look, we're getting a few friends together. Um, do you want to do you want to join in? Like maybe that buddies' but, acquaintances, but not like not like something that requires booking in advance. A, no. a gathering. You'll get invited to a gathering, but not a, a fully sit down meal. And maybe not even invited. Maybe just sort of like look. I, there's something going on. You're welcome to... If you're passing through, then you're, you're welcome so, to... So Buddy is a group text where you're not mentioned by name, but are invited to an event. Yeah. Maybe not even joined in <laughs> to the WhatsApp group. I'm just... It's like a sort of... Look, if you happen to be in the radius of this message... <laughs> And you're in the area and feel like turning up. Oh, so Buddy is like, oh, and if you see anyone who you think should come. Look, they're all my best friends. We've known each other since school. We're just catching up. and yeah, We're, we're a, all sharing the same kidney. Yes. It's a very amiable, affable podcast. What? Yeah. No. But what inspired it? Obviously, because you listen to a lot of podcasts and you said yeah. earlier you edit a bunch. But yeah. what made you, made you want to do it? Well... Yeah, I mean, like you say, I always wanted to 
do something like a, like all the podcasts I listen to. I'm always thinking, like, oh, I hate that about that, or, or ah, that that thing sounds cool, or like there's all, I always had this sort of idea forming of what I wanted it to be, mm. and I was sort of spoiled early because I started listening to Radio Lab, which is like I listened to Radio that Lab's in, fucking banging. Yeah, like back in 2007, I think, and like yeah. basically I was spoiled because that is effectively a hundred percent like top to bottom mastered album of a podcast. Yeah, so I was utterly foolish to think I could have ever made anything approaching that but in the back of my mind I was, I was like yeah, but that's really got budget cool. and time and that yeah, is, and whole that is traditional yeah. in, in the production value of yeah um, Jad Abum Abum Rad Jad Abum Rad um, but like he showed a little while ago he showed some of the first recordings for for Radiolab and oh. they were self-indulgent they were yeah. they were closer to the Joe Frank Radio Hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are dope, by the yeah. way. If you can find those online, I give you permission to torrent them. Or go to Joe Frank's website where you can actually purchase them. Yeah, you can get all of them, can't you? You can buy... Yeah. He still sells iPods with them just full oh, of his shit. radio hours. Because it's like 300 hours. Oh, my God. I heard... Um, radio. I was introduced to him by... There's a podcast called the Dana Gould Radio Hour. He's a comedian and writer. Like, mm. it's, it's so... It's, it's, Oh, it's so good. Such a good podcast. Um, again, talking about a mastered album, that's like a, a full-on sort of package. Like every month it's like two or three hours or something. But mm. he did one specifically dedicated to Joe Frank. And he was on the uh, Joe Frank episode as well. It's no, like it's... one of the most goosebump-inducing, like, oh, it, it was incredible. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Listeners, so the Joe Frank Radio Hour was... Oh, yeah, good work. Good work. ...was uh, basically... Um, Podcasts before podcasts, like hour long radio experiment, like mm. storytelling, spoken word, but on like tape loops and am- yeah, it was kind of ambient, but not. Well, like the, it was like sort of existentialist right madness. Yeah, a bit like Blue Jam in some ways, but like with the music element. Like like Blue Jam, Blue Jam listeners was Chris Morris's <laughs> radio show, and did you say it's also like. But less erotic than Blue Jam because yeah. Blue Jam likes dealing with spunk. Yeah, yeah. It whereas, wasn't on whereas Joe Frank yeah. wants to talk about, yeah, just human interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like mini. Is it like mini sketches? I mean, I've only heard this podcast about him, so I, I know. What oh, okay, I so the, usually there is like a series of sketches, but with an overarching theme. Yeah, it's so hypnotic as well. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he'll he'll use loops excessively, so you like yeah. really drill in that, changing your brain waves before he starts talking. Whereas it it has that meditative aspect, where it's like that that's sort of working something in your head, but like you're. It's almost like you're kind of the monkey mind part of your brain is fixating on that. So it's like a mantra. So that yeah. thing keeps going. And so you like your that part of your brain is working. It's like playing with that Rubik's Cube in the corner. And then so the, the Joe Frank mm. talking part comes in and is like, right, let's have a little, let's have a little play around. He's got this really hard boiled accent, really 50s detective novel edge oh, to his voice. Kind of oh, no, um, like I like Rorschach from uh, the uh, Watchmen. A bit of that oh, to his voice. I don't know Rorschach from Watchmen. Oh my god. <laughs> Rorschach's journal. But not quite as Batman y. 
as that was. <laughs> that was super villain. I was born in Jersey. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. Anyway, yeah. you, you heard a podcast about it and you enjoyed it. Excellent. <laughs> Nicely crystallized. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. it. Um, so what I so in what I've been saying, I've been doing the classic thing that I always do, which is saying what it's not. So my podcast isn't Radio Lab or Joe Frank. So it's not a. F- it's nowhere near as good as either. No, no, no way. By, by no, no way. Means. Not even. Not Absolutely even five percent. Yeah. Not even approaching one percent. <laughs> Mine's not either, but that's fine. No, this is good. Danny. We're allowed. We're allowed. So it's um, yeah. So I I always wanted to make a podcast. Uh, I had aspirations of doing a Radio Lab podcast. Mm. Of course, that was out of the window because from the start, it was never going to be that with just me and my limited amount of time I had on my hands. So anyway, cut to this year. And um, so we moved to Margate, my partner and I moved to Margate in just before the middle of 2018. And from then on, it was like we were were trying to kind of, we had this weird adult experience of like, ah, I've forgotten how to make friends and um, <laughs> it's not as easy as I thought it was or had been led to believe and we were in a new place and there was like all these friendly seeming people around it's like okay how are we going to start oh, chatting Mar- Margate's positively jovial yeah it's one nice. of those it's it's nice vibe yeah. to it yeah, yeah 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 and like people who perhaps I mean I, I guess London warped my view of what people can be like but I suppose if there's people around here that maybe look like they might not be so pleasant or like so so nice a lot of them yeah they sort of like give you a smile or like you know if they're, if, if they're pushing a buggy or something they're like, oh sorry and you know move out of the way or yeah it's, it's just really polite and general and, human decency yeah totally and so in that realisation of like oh yeah it's quite hard to make friends just being two people who know nobody really knows um uh, we we gradually started just through repetition and exposure like we started to meet people and get to know people and sort of you know if you it, it went from walking down the street anonymous to walking down the street oh hey how you doing oh you know going to a coffee place oh how's it going and you know a bit of that and then the podcast thing started coming up in my brain i was kind of like I really wanted to start something mm. just like something that wasn't music as well. Cause not that I'm burnt out by music, but I feel like for me, the music thing is, it's not a profession by any means. It's, mm. it's a, it's very much a, a hobby that I, but you love. did like a track a day for a while. Yeah. How long did that last? Was that a year? That was a whole year. That was an entire yeah. year. So it's like a minute long track with a little video. Well, it's a still image, but to, to assemble the, the image took a little while. So that was, yeah, from 1st of January 2018 to the 31st of December. Mm. And then, yeah, that, that was stupid. Why'd you do that? Absolutely bananas. Like it, and, and to listen to it in one go as well was just like, this is, this is impossible. Like, I remember I did from January to April one day and it was yeah. like, I, I, I can't do this. <laughs> so it was, it was quite a, it was sort of, an exercise in, I mean, there's a lot of ego, I suppose, in it. Because there were times when I was thinking, like, why am I doing this? Like, no one's it's weird, liking though. it. And, it's yeah, weird, though, because you did that a minute a day. Obviously, it takes longer than a minute to yeah. make a minute's music. Yeah, yeah. It, that's 30 minutes a month, essentially. Yeah, yeah. If you had made an hour's music but did it once a month, it would mm. have take, probably taken you less time. 
Yeah, no, I think like so. If yeah, you'd yeah. done it like a, a mixtape podcast or something, yeah, it would have yeah. actually probably been easier to do. Hindsight is twenty twenty. So is it, yeah, is it in this case, yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, I don't know. It, it was it was a it was a really cool thing to do because it, it forced me out of a lot of uh, mental blockades and mm, like because mm. I used to sort of labour over beats and, and making music and like sometimes they come out quick, sometimes they take days and nothing would come of them. But this was a way of sort of like reassessing a lot of stuff I'd done in the past mm. and sort of actually this isn't shit this isn't a throwaway idea I can turn this into something even if it's a minute long and I was also playing off the idea of like if everyone like we're all being told that we have short attention spans which I don't believe at all but I was sort of running with that idea it's like I was sort of like almost running an experiment like do we have short attention spans let's see what happens if I do a minute every day but I suppose in that context you know not everyone's going to sit looking at their iPhone for a whole minute I don't do that. And like, if I see a video on, on, on Instagram, I'll have a look at it for a bit. It's like, okay, this, uh, all right, I got it, got it. And then I'll flick on like five seconds later. So it was, it was quite a lot to expect from people. And I don't know what I was expecting from it. I just wanted to see what happened and see if I could do it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I did it and (laughs) I don't know what the point was really, but it was a really nice thing to, to try and do and complete. And, um, so yeah, that kind of that. I mean, I wasn't burnt out by it, but it got me to a point where I was kind of like, all right, I think I just need to give music a little a little rest for a bit. I think I've proved my point this year. So <laughs> yeah, and then and then the so the podcasting sort of took the space of whatever the next creative project was going to be. And I was thinking, oh, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a nineteen ninety three hip hop podcast? Is it just going to be me talking about albums? And it's like, I mean. You don't need a, you know, late thirties white dude talking about rap albums. Like you just don't need it. And I was sort of looking inside, like, what do I like? What do I like? What are these? What, what kind of stuff can I talk about? That there are. In? Do you know what? There are a lot of late thirties white dudes talking about hip hop across <laughs> YouTube and podcasting. I'm actually quite impressed at the amount of them there are. Yeah. No. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's admirable. And um, yeah. Jesus, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it at all. No. Like, there's a lot of amazing stuff out there, of course. But the guy, the guy who runs uh, the Needle Drop on um, YouTube, Anthony Fantano. Ooh. He's not late thirties. I think he's maybe late twenties. I don't but, know this. I don't know this. Uh, he's all right. He does album reviews, uh, a couple of them a week. Mm. But he, he's the only reason I know like anything about new hip hop. Yeah, I think that's probably what would have been better if I'd have yeah. gone in on the newer stuff. So he he'll obviously there's a bunch of rappers he will talk about the who I've never heard of but have sold like twenty million records. Mm, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Not that anyone sells twenty million, but or like it, Spotify listens are like whoa. Yeah, I've never heard of you in my life. You've got yeah, million exactly. Listens. Yeah, but like yeah, he actually does a good job of it, and because he's trying not to get copyright struck, he can't play the music. So yeah, okay. he's got a really nice way of uh, his his descriptive language is quite yeah. nice. It's, That's yeah, like the theater of the mind thing, where sort of that always hooks me in. Though, like if I hear somebody explaining a song or something, mm. and and if they explain it in in a way that there, there's sort of enough curiosity peaked in me, I'll be like, I have to hear this song now. Like, like those 33 and a third books. Like, where, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I guess no matter how many times I've heard DJ Shadow introducing, I read the 33 and a third and I'm like, oh God, I have to listen to that album again. And like, it it, it just, yeah, it, it kind of, 
It's still one of the greatest records of all time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, oh, long shot. But that, so to talk about music, mm. what got you started? Because obviously, you, you, when you started making music, you were making it with a sampler. I take it, yeah. Scratching and and sampling was kind of your earliest productions. Yeah, so I suppose the very earliest versions of it were. I mean, this was like way pre-computer anything. I think I had a to have. Game Boy, I did, I did. I mean, I had like I think Game Boy a, with like LSDJ or Nano Beats or one of those. Oh, no, 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 none of that. Nothing. I mean, I, I was just talking about computers. Like, I didn't have a computer. Oh, okay. This is like nineteen ninety three. So I had consoles and maybe a, I think maybe Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis, etc. <laughs> um, but so like everything to do with music was like I started off just with turntables. So mm. I was scratching and learning how to scratch and sort of started digging for records like 93 or something like that and then got into scratching we had one good turntable on the left and so I learned with my left hand the right turntable was a a pipe no a uh, come on doesn't matter Uh, anyway a turntable with pitch control so you could mix on them but then the left hand was where I did the scratching because I could it was a Technics and then I don't know somehow there was like I had this, I just had an idea of like, I, I want to make a mixtape and then keep adding layers to it. So I'd record onto a tape or a mini disc. No, record onto a mini disc, play the mini disc back through the mixer and then do another layer, which is then going to another mini disc player. Yeah. And I keep doing these like rapidly digitally degrading mixes. That would, like there'd be a really nice sounding layer of scratching on top of this cruddy layer. Because like, <laughs> I just, I stacked it up and it, you know, you'd lose so many zeros and ones or whatever. Um, and then I bought a MPC 2000 off a friend of mine. Oh, you went big. You went a big boy. Ah, well, yeah, but that was after the Yamaha SU10, which was... A, did you ever have that? I had a SU10 and a QY20. Yeah, I got That's, a QY20. I, I actually bid on a QY20 just the other day on oh, the eBay. Yeah, how much are they? Uh, they go for... Well, QY20s are rare as fucking hen's teeth because they, mm. they were they got replaced by the QY22 fairly quickly. Is that a sequencer? Because I've got a QY100, I think it is. Sequencer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, but, didn't, I didn't have a clue how to use that. As a... Fucking love that thing. Yeah. Like, because it was numbers is how I learned sequencing on the Atari ST before uh, Cubase. Before you had that visual thing, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. like tracker software. Yeah, the tracker stuff, yeah. Guys, I know a lot of you don't know what we're talking about right now, but bear, <laughs> bear with us. We'll get to some interesting shit in a second. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. You, just, you just settle down, like, go and get yourself a cup of tea. Like, SU10, right, listeners. So if you remember the Sega Game Gear, SU10 was a sampler that looked like that. Yeah, so that, yeah, that was. I got that first of all, worked out how to use it, which again, and like you said, it was all numbers. Like you, you got the loops perfect, but through numbers. So instead of looking at it visually, we're like, you get the kick and then the next kick or whatever mm. and loop it. Um, you'd have to do it all by numbers. And then anyway, after that, got an MPC, took me about a year to crack it and work out how to use it. And, and I still then, don't know. I still it's, really don't know how I, it works. Yeah, like I know one, like the step sequencer feature on it. That's how I used, I was making beats on that. Like it, it would take me days. Like I mean, there, there was a, like on Buck 65, like Buck 65 did this series called Dirt Bike and I did a, mm-hmm. a bunch of beats on that. And there's one beat, 
I think it was it was called Not I or something, and that was all done on an NPC. But it literally took me a week every day, like chiseling away at this all like like fiddly. But I loved it though. It's such a it's such an interesting way of working, and it was totally off a computer, away from a computer. Um, which is sort of where you're going now, isn't it? Yeah, you're, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to go doorless. Yeah. If I can. Yeah, your videos on Instagram are amazing. All right. You're getting some of these these like walls of sound that are oh, yeah. so nice. That's like it's just experimentation. It's just stuff. Um, uh, I might actually one of the tracks I'll put at the start in the intro. Uh, Patreons and uh, Twitch subs, you you can already listen to it. I've already given you the link to it. So this is weird. But yeah, I I started myself with like four track mm. and a drum machine and a stolen synth. I'd stolen a SH101. Oh, uh, yeah. They got it back in the end. But yeah, so a lot of the early Four stuff I was doing was that and a delay pedal. So just building yeah, these yeah. walls of sound and I'm trying to get back to there. Yeah. But because of how far technology's come on, I can do some really complex stuff yeah it's the kind of thing where like i, I see it on the video and it's uh, it, like logically it makes sense but it's sort of how how you got to the last stage which is the sound coming out of the speaker at that point like, i don't know how you did that mm. but uh, i love it and it's it's so it's like a sort of it's almost like the oral equivalent of a handmade cup or a bowl or something and it's it has that real handcrafted hand tooled sort of appeal to it music is weird anyway because whether it's an orchestra or a folk singer Mm -hmm. it all still has to fit within the the same hole in the side of someone's head yeah yeah, yeah. and it like because sound is a physical thing we are moving air the interplay between all the things involved are kind of kind of really important the way things mesh together and when I've been when you work in a computer, because you can isolate everything so simply, for me, it just becomes a little too clinical. Yeah, yeah, like you can really you can drill in on, on individual. Oh, kick I can, drums I can make and this hi-hats. perfect. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, all the records you love aren't perfect. No, none of them are perfect. No, no. Yeah, and, and often it's those imperfections that give you that little uh, that little chill. Yeah, that bit of out of tune, like. Yeah. When Ian Curtis's voice cracks in Atmosphere, the Joy Division song, it's like really, really painful. And right, right, right. like in computer recording times, maybe they do another take. Yeah. Maybe they've got yeah. time to do another take and there's no cost involved, so they do it. Or the other side is like putting in an imperfection or like a little mistake on purpose. And it's like, oh, come on, like, you, you can see it coming a mile off. Yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I can see why you're going more in that direction and and it's it's interesting now it's sort of like all right we've we've swung over all the way into digital in the box whatever like digital audio workstation world and now we we sort of like it's like the pendulum swing back into sort of all right we've done that let's go back into seeing if we can just hook up pieces of equipment and do it all in real time and this uh, i can't remember which one of the um it might be losing a Losing My Edge by LCD Sound System, uh, it goes on this long bit about, like, I hear that your band are selling your guitars and buying turntables. Yeah. <laughs> I hear they're selling your turntables to buy an MPC and all this. And it <laughs> yeah. just, like, uh, this list of those 
those things that artists do to try to find their sound. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But when it comes down, like, the audience... Like, the reason I share that stuff is because it's just nice for me to be able to... to I film stuff and record takes of little performance things all the time, mm. partially because there is a notepad for me. Yeah, like yeah. I'll perform something and it's my way of going, okay, so that needs to change, this needs to happen, da da da. Yeah. You know, it's just easier that way. And because I, I sort of rigged up this way of putting a camera directly above me to do that, yeah, I was like, yeah. Well, I can just share little snippets of that and people it's, it's will like, be interested to see it. Yeah. Know? But it's also like becoming your own audience as well because like, you, like I spend all day with my headphones on or whatever, like editing stuff or, or when it comes to like making music, I spend all day with my headphones on and you, you, you can so easily just get sucked into your own world and, and suddenly you're just locked in this cabin and all I'm hearing is the same beat for the past three hours and I'm, I'm chiseling away at something I've, I've stopped. I don't even know what I'm improving anymore. But then I suppose having the, when you record it, like when you sort of, you make an Instagram video or use it as a, a like use a notepad approach, then you can take that step away from it and sort of analyse it a bit well, better. Perhaps. Yeah. And the other thing about that is the way that set up, I've, uh, so tenuously in my head, it, it's the table project. So everything yeah. I want to make sound with has to fit on my table. Um, and I can't use anything more than what will fit on my table. Mm. Um, so, and it all has to play at once. Like I can, I'm going to probably multi-track record it and stuff so I can edit it after the fact if I want to make like a final version. Yeah. But what goes into the final version has to have all been played at the same time. They're the two caveats. The thing about it is I can't just save and open a new file. Because uh, if I yeah. want to save and open a new file, air quotes, I have to take everything off my table and put other things on my table. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of forcing me to live within a song longer than I normally would. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stunner, like, which is the beat people point to as, like, my best beat. Stunner is maybe Stunner. five hours work, Bang. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stunner yeah. has very little time lived in it. Mm. Which is good because it doesn't get overthought, but there's still stuff about it. I wish it was a little more swing to it. You know, yeah, there's definitely. It, I think in in I mean, yeah, you you could analyze that track in isolation, but in the context of the album, and like so, Stunner was on Replenish, replenish Repeat. Yeah, uh, it's the I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um, I tell you something. Something about sandwiches. Is it about sandwiches, that one? I think that's the one about cheese toasties, isn't it? You tell me. Yeah, I'm sure it's about cheese toasties. Go on. I like. I just like to make assumptions that the metaphors in all Pip's lyrics are about food. <laughs> like, You Will See Me is about a guy who put pineapple on his pizza. And he's fucking angry. Oh, you prick. Oh, that changes everything. You know, it's just like pissed. I'm going to fucking... Yeah. He's basically, he ordered from Domino's, he got... He got pineapple on it, and he's now saying that he's gonna he's gonna raise himself up and make yeah. billions to buy out Domino's and fire that. Yeah, guy. he'll destroy the world and just let just to Domino's get that one him. guy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's correct. Well, that's very on message for Pip because he throws down a fair bit of pizza too. Does he still? 
I've, I'm, obviously, if, I'm not in his orbit does, as much. If he does, he's working out enough to negate it or to uh, uh, balance it out. I just, yeah, I just eat a lot of bean salad and don't bother with the working out part. Yeah. And as yeah, you can tell, I'm a fine figure of a man. You're done. You're looking, you're looking <laughs> healthy, man. And I, I like the beard. I like the the head approach. The, the strange, famous uniform right yeah. now. It's Bla- like this whole being bored and wearing a, black a beard shirt. heavy shirt. Yeah. Big beard, <laughs> bald head. Well, talking about strange, famous, obviously you've collaborated with, uh, say, Francis Dolan prolific yeah. he did a full album or two technically with pro- prolific yeah craft working man being oh yeah that was of. a naughty side project but yeah yeah we did working man together. bit of copyright infringement there no no no, no. It's, all, it's all fully I, I cleared it everything yeah you cleared everything yeah, yeah really yeah easy piece of piss no way no no how easy was it to clear all that um it's shockingly easy I just wrote to him and said, listen, I'm doing a bootleg project, which is going to be released on my Bandcamp page. I might make some money off it. And then he said, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All it. right, craft so work. Look at that. No, no, that wasn't uh, sanctioned by anybody at all. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It was basically, Working Man was the album. Um, I made the beats for it, prolific did the raps for it. I had all of the vocals for it and I put them all over Craftwork beats. Mm. Craft working man. I think I reverse engineered it from the title backwards. So I was like, ah, oh, craft. Yeah, yeah. You come up man. with the name, and it's ah, uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, uh, yeah. Strange, famous. I you mentioned Buck sixty five as well. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. A lot of like a lot of like US rappers. Basically, all US rappers. I think um, maybe some UK producers, but. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been incredibly lucky and fortunate enough to have worked with a lot of people who I deem as being some of my absolute favourites. Yeah. Like, um, Sage Francis and B. Dolan, like two of my favourite MCs. And somehow there I was, like, you know, I'd be making... On stage. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in a position where I was, you know, I'd be sending beats back and forth to B or Sage. And, and yeah, it was it was... Utterly surreal, but I never felt like, and I say lucky and fortunate. I didn't, I didn't sort of feel like it was a sort of luck thing because I think some of the stuff I was doing was totally good enough. But it was, it was quite surreal because uh, I listened to them so much, and then to be in a position where I'm sort of, I'm making the the music for them to rap over. It was, yeah, it never really felt sort of real. I yeah, like I, I suppose it's. Uh the other meaning of lucky, like the more fortunate, like I just feel, I feel good yeah, about like, the situation I'm in. and appreciative. Yeah. yeah. That was never lost to me at all. I mean, it's weird, like these days, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sort of so much affiliated with them, uh, but yeah, looking back, it, like, it's never Well, lost. you're a podcaster now. <laughs> you know, you've moved, <laughs> three you've moved episodes on. in, man. Three episodes deep, full yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it, yeah, as I say, like it's not lost on me, like how how cool it was to to have done that, and for them to have sort of let me in on, on mm. the whole thing as well, like being part of Strange Famous, and you know, like B taking me out on tours and things like that, and 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 you, know, you guys as well, like you and you and Pip. Um, well, me, you, and B did that thing, the that tour together back in. 20... I think it was two thousand and twelve. I think it was eleven. 
Yeah. It was 2011, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you pre- did most of the work on the um, House of Bees mixtapes for B as well. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, a fair bit. I mean, I didn't use everything, but yeah, like there was a lot of my grubby paw prints all over it. <laughs> and, and that, yeah, that was a really cool process. Like, he, he was surprisingly easy to work with. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be a, a hard ass, but like he, he was he was really sort of, it's like him and Buck are like really open to ideas. And, and I mean, Buck especially, like you can send him a beat and I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, I'll rap to that. You don't want me to change anything? Like, no, no, that's good, good. Um, but I think, yeah, with B, he was sort of, uh, he was a bit more of like an orchestrator because he he's a producer as well. So mm. he, he would sort of immediately... I think probably be piecing it together in his head. So like, oh, I can rap here. Maybe here we'll have a chorus, and I can rap here. So, yeah, he, he was sort of. You could tell that he was also listening to it with a producer's ear, and and also as a as an MC. So, yeah, there's a lot of. Um, he had a, he had tons of, you know, really like awesome ideas for where a, where a beat could go. Like he could hear a, a nugget on like an old mixtape I did and think huh, I could rap to that and we could turn it into a massive like set opener. Mm. And, and that's what happened with um, Still Here. Like that was just some little yeah. weird segue on a mixtape I did. And it was like, can you take that bit and make it good? I was like, oh, <laughs> I did, my, did my best. And then we sort of ironed it out and hammered it, you know, chiseled it out into, into a proper song. And but how, so do you find the mixtapes fer- fertile ground? Because there's inherently less pressure on them because you yeah. are kind of sampling what you like messing around yeah it's weird because i think um you sort of have to know what you're getting into before you start because with me if if i'm thinking i'm gonna make like a beat tape then it, it can always sort of detract from what it's gonna be in the end so it's like, oh this is just gonna be a, a random collection of beats like so what, so what is it is it an album or is it just a bunch of ideas and with a mixtape it's kind of this is like the medium as a DJ, like this is the sort of medium through my, through which my sort of artistic ideas can be presented. Mm. Like a mixtape is something a DJ would do, but a beat tape, I feel like and I've done those and it's sort of, uh, I feel like even the word is a bit belittling because some, you can spend like months on stuff and it comes out and it's called a beat tape. It's, mm. And I, I feel like that's, yeah it's weird like the language has changed slightly because mixtape obviously for like the most basic meaning of that is a mix of songs on a tape um yeah yeah. like you maybe your girlfriend recorded for you and and sent you to break up with you yeah (laughs) yeah um but this is the emotional part of the podcast (laughs) that you're gonna get tweets about but yeah so obviously mixtape has changed a little now because mixtapes tend to be this idea of sort of rap albums, yeah, but without the worry of copyright. Involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like this is if I had all the lawyers and money in the world. I mean, this is what the album in my head would sound like. But mm. but then beat tape is what one without raps on gets relegated to. Yeah, and it's weird because it's the same amount of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, it, it does allow for some, it's like, it, it's sort of like dipping your toe in a bit. And I mean, some, some what you call beat tapes are incredible. And like, mm. there's a lot of like really sick well, that's stuff That's what there, DJ Shadow introducing is really. Yeah. When it comes down to it, that is yeah. a beat tape. That's it just a sounds tape. like, I think just the samples 
when we first heard those samples, like, whoa, this is... We hadn't heard something as crafted as that. Like, I would still argue that from a sampling craft point of view, not from an enjoyment or artistic point of view, but from the actual craft of sampling and that um, Avalanche's album, the first one, he's actually got far more complexity to it than Shadows. Yeah, I, I never I never listened to that. Like, I feel like that's a big piece of the jigsaw puzzle missing for me because mm. I feel like it's something I should have listened to and then I was the, just... The record's like, got 900 samples on it. Oh, my God. You know, and it doesn't feel like it's got 900 samples mm. on it. Um, that's crazy. It doesn't feel like a jumble or a mess. It's, it is a well-crafted record. Yeah. Whereas introducing is for me a far superior record but like technically technologically Mm. you know it's not as complex it's it's still in one box it's still in an MPC 60 yeah 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 I think that's that sort of gave people a lot of mental permission to sort of think oh I can just do it I can do a whole thing inside this machine but Mm. then I think a lot of people thought they could do it and then it's like uh, yeah, I'm not DJ Shadow, am I? Well, there's something about like sampling that, yes, we can all take a piece of that song, but it's what we do with it, you know? Yeah. That, sure. um, that takes it somewhere else. And it's vision. It is the vision to hear the sample and see where you can take that. Yeah. But also limitations as well. Like limitations, the limitation of an NPC, like you can't really do a lot with it. And if you want it, like on an NPC 2000, you can stretch something, but it will take a good five minutes to stretch it, and then it might not be right. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. So I had an NPC out the other day, because I was just testing it before I gave it to someone. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was just checking. Oh, yeah, for your payment for the podcast. Payment to you yeah, yeah, yeah. for the podcast. Oh, oh, have I got that one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but, um, yeah, and I, I just was checking the stretching, and I hit it, and I just stood there looking at it, and I was like... Is it broken? Is it broken? Oh, God, yeah, this takes ages. Went off and made coffee, came back just in time for it to go ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it goes ding, but... (laughs) No, like sometimes, yeah, I'd do it and it would would literally, it would take about, I'd say, optimistically 10 minutes or something. Mm. But yeah, it's those limitations, like, I can only do this amount of stuff with this piece of kit and, you know, going back to that Buck 65 beat, which was like, you know, doing all these sort of like weird... Well, like filters and stuff like every single drum hit you'd have to place like a like the first one would go here doop. next one move it along doop, doop, doop. put it there I'm banging on the table mm. next one along doop. and then each one of those you which have is to adjust how the, the QI20 worked ah, so okay. I used to make like it doesn't have any effects in it so it, yeah. if you wanted to make a delay sound so you'd know yeah you repeat it and then turn it down you would literally repeat yeah. it and turn it down yeah but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you're saying about the physical elements of like making music, like having all the stuff on the table. It 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 totally keeps you locked into that present mm. state and the flow state as well. You get, I feel like you get more into the flow state when you have got something physical there. Yeah, which is like I've, I've recently I've, I've just finished this six week pottery course. <laughs> it's just like nice. Two hours, yeah, it's like six weeks, two hours a week, really light stuff. But that the the act of pottery, like messing around with clay. And everything, every step along the way, you get so immediately into that process, the flow mm. state. And it's just think for mental health, it's just, it's such a good place to be. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a tangent for my hobbies and interests, but. Still creative and shit, though, isn't it? it is. That's vaguely what this podcast is about. <laughs> I think I, when I started it, I thought it was going to be like all about these. Uh, 
big ideas of creativity yeah. and the process and all this. And I think there was a point at which, like, it, it might have been called the process and stuff, but I didn't like that. And then, you know, and then as I had the conversations, I realised that it just became a conversation between two creators, two people who have put something in the world. Yeah. And you're trying to find, like, common ground and, and common pain. Yeah, generally yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing, like yeah, the that. anxiety of doing something and it going badly or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I think I prefer it than if it had been about, you know, not about musical scales or anything, but... Yeah. Because I don't know scales. All the black ones on a piano sound great together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's only five of them as well. It's easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but in those five, are the infinite options. They're like the that. best five. Yeah. No, no, I think, yeah, and I think falling forward is a really nice phrase because it's sort of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, yeah, it, and then so it, it's all with a progression. When I was recording, the research in the very first one, yeah. which was a game developer called Mike Pithel, mm-hmm. uh, he, who just released John Wick Hex, a brand new game on uh, PC, coming to consoles next year. It it's does. very good and you should play it. Um, <laughs> got a little... Like a little advert in there. Yeah, it's on the free of charge for him. On the Epic Store at the moment. Um, but yeah, while I was researching that, he talked about game development being for him about stumbling forward. Right, right. right. You know, but stumbling forward's not as cool as falling. No, but it's the alliteration. It's, so it's about yeah, yeah. that kind of. You're not really sure where you're going, but you're you're leaning in that direction to progress. Yeah, and yeah. Absolutely. I think that's very much a, how creativity works for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the same as well. I mean, like it. I mean, as I say, like you, you might, I might start off a project thinking like, oh, this is going to go in that container or that container or whatever. But it's uh, you just see, and then if it doesn't, then you've made a lot of stuff, and it's. Mm. you've still engaged and you've still entered the creative room and um, had a go and you know you've you've put your best foot forward hopefully and yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just yeah. that no I don't know right? I think that sort of re- resigned confusion is uh, the oh. best place to end maybe <laughs> I think we're there aren't we um I'm only I'm only rushing you, listeners, because of um, I don't I don't want to get a parking ticket. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about that. And I'd like to go to the post office, listeners. One of you bought a uh, PlayStation Vita off me, so I didn't have to put it on eBay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you get that. That should be that'll be shipping. You might already have it when you hear this. That'd be cool, so wouldn't cool. it? So cool. You selling? Did you sell it on the podcast? No. Oh, I think you're selling. <laughs> By the s- way, if anyone wants to buy this, that's that's class. <laughs> There's so many potential listeners. Oh, I, I, have, I have a lot to plug because I, I want people to review the podcast and mm. I want people to check out Patreon and do all those things. I feel like I feel really bad about it. I can't imagine if each week I had my eBay <laughs> list because I, I, I've been the last uh, good month or so, I've been just eBaying regularly. Yeah. Just this stuff I've bought over the years that I'm only keeping for sentimental value. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm not good. a sentimental person, so... And ultimately, there is some new stuff I want to buy. Yeah. So it's like justification. But 
Can you imagine we each week? Right, this week I got a pair of Reebok <laughs> Reebok pumps that some that Reebok sent me actually. Oh, like these oh, were really man. nice. Still your swag. Never got to wear them though. They're they're white. I, I'm a goth. You know, each week just having a little Dan's eBay section. That'd be all right. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. But I, I did sell that. it on Twitter. Oh, okay. So if it's anything, I think like like if it's a pair of trainers, it just goes straight on eBay. Yeah. But if it's something I think someone who follows me might want, yeah, like yeah. like a bit of musical kit or whatever, yeah, yeah. I'll just put it up because I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do the. Oh, this used to be Dan and previously Pips. used by Dan Yeah, because I'm like me and Pip's stage NPC is in my house, mm. and I could. Yeah, probably still using it. Uh, yeah. Oh, but it's still functional. Yeah. They're definitely still functional. Yeah. But like, I will eventually sell that. And I know there's part of me that could make more money if I bigged up the, oh, this is the one we used on stage. Look at all this evidence, <laughs> like all the photos of me with it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but it's not worth that. You know? But it's very, it's cool that you see that, I think it's sort of, there's, a, there's an element of like, you're removing the ego from it as well because you could get that kind of like, oh my god Dan owned it and it's been on stage but like, yeah there you go yeah now you come run and now you want to buy the NPC but like <laughs> yeah that, that's that's quite a nice humble sort of approach to it yeah because uh, yeah I mean you, you could easily just... but it's funny because like I'm, I won't I don't want to trade in on that for something that could make actual a substantial substantial amount of money mm. but last night when I was because uh, I'm selling a PSP as well, and they're worth like twenty five quid now. Yeah. I immediately made made reference to Pip might have touched it in the van, <laughs> trying to use Pip's beard no, to, to sell my PSP. <laughs> I wasn't. It was clearly a joke, listeners. Don't you know? Did he, I'm t- probably did he gonna, really touch it though? I don't know. He might have moved it at some point. I don't think he ever played it. It might be enough for me. You know, he just mm. played his phone. But he's been in. He's been in the presence of that PSP. Like, like it. It's yeah. Oxygen. They shared shared a van How much space. Well, oh, let's know, talk. Let's talk. They go for about twenty five pounds at the moment. Okay. So uh, we'll talk off mic because I want to secure this deal before any listeners get <laughs> wind of it. I might have edited by this point. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Uh, what do you need to plug? You can do oh, it. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, Buddies Buddies is the podcast. It's Buddies... Um, how do I how do I say? It's spelt how you'd imagine. So, B-U-D-D-Y-S B-U-D-D-I Nope. B-U-D-D-I-E-S Buddies Buddies yeah, you put my a friend. I in there. Yeah, buddy, plural of buddies. Yeah, the first time you said I, not why. I thought I said why. No, you God you made yourself it. buddy. Stupid. B-U-D-D-Y-S, B-U-D-D-I-E-S. Buddies, Perfect. buddies. If you search that on, so Acast, Spotify, iTunes, hopefully yeah. wherever else um, you'll find it. It's very Margate focused. In, and it's, instead of saying all the names, you can just say, in your favourite podcast place. Yeah. Or pod place. Should have learned by now, right? I I just copy Pip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just copy all the people on Distraction Pieces Network. They say things <laughs> or do things, and I go, okay, I'll, I'll yeah. do that too. And music, Watch where's the music? Uh, music is on Bandcamp mainly. It's Bodypiece.bandcamp.com. On... That's exactly it, Dan. So, ton of free stuff, ton of stuff to pay for, I suppose. Um, some stuff on SoundCloud. 
if you like, I don't tend to post a huge amount on SoundCloud. I, I, I forget SoundCloud exists. I get likes, like some. It sometimes it says user seventeen nine yeah. seven nine likes your track and SoundCloud. I'm like, oh, really? The same user? Is that user? T- oh my god! And oh no get way! Get a bit of a flutter, flutter. But um, <laughs> yeah. It's, anyway, Bandcamp's the place. We could talk for hours about how far SoundCloud fell. Come back, we'll do part two. We'll do. I got we'll a copyright infringement on three tracks of tracks that I had made myself from scratch. Yep, Love it. always fun, always fun. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, Bandcamp is the place. Buddies, buddies is a podcast. Uh, thank you, Dan, for. Uh-huh. I don't care. Talking to me about just stuff. Came, got me out of the house, didn't it? <laughs> got me out of the house. <laughs> had a around. chat. <laughs> had a bit of a chat. Had a cup of tea, a cup of water. We didn't. Have, I was going to talk a bit about editing podcasts, but that's actually boring. So I'm going to hang up. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, there we go. That was Buddy. Be sure to check out Buddy's Buddies. Um, and I know he plays it down. That it's, oh, it's very Margate focused, but podcasts are conversations between people and the ones i enjoy the most are the ones where i've i discover someone new so it's probably worth your ears because chances are you're going to discover someone you've never met before and maybe maybe you'll fall in love and have babies because that's how podcasts work they're just dating right oh no that's instagram (laughs) sorry i genuinely appreciate everyone who comes back I, i know i say it every single time but it's really important to me to say it, you know. You're giving up a couple of hours of your time every fortnight. And um, that's time you're not going to get back, you know. you Basically, by listening to my podcast, you're bringing yourself ever closer towards death. 
and I'm really grateful that you choose to waste your precious, precious life on um, my jibber-jabber, as Mr. T would say. Uh, I don't know if you remember Mr. T. He's that guy out of Rocky 3. Or was it 2? I can't remember. I was also about to call him KD Lang, but that's the singer. Um, he's Clubber Lang. Ah, it's very confused. And before I go, obviously, thank you in advance for helping me spread the good word. All the retweets and shares and all that stuff make a huge amount of difference to the algorithm and convincing the algorithm that uh, the things I create are relevant to the algorithm. Oh, and don't forget to go to dannisgreat.co.uk and uh, use the Dan is great code at checkout to get yourself a chunk of money off my merchandise, innit? I've become a market trader, just trying to sell crap the whole time. I need some sponsors to raise the quality of the crap I'm trying to sell you. So if you know any, you know, like Apple, I'd Apple, oh yeah, that'd be all right. Get a new phone out of that as well. Have you seen it? It's got three lenses on it Whoa. and stuff. <laughs> I'd got sidetracked, but it's fine. Anyway, I'm going to go. Enjoy your lives and stuff. And I'll talk to you again in a fortnight. Bye-bye.